Right, I think I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. So, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's time for another episode of the Bearded Fan Podcast. So, I decided to have a conversation with just a couple of dudes all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. And guess what? They've got their own podcast. And it's called Jacked. J-A-K-D Podcast. Which stands for Just a Couple of Dudes. So, Eric and Frank host this podcast. And uh, they've been following me and listening to my podcast. And I've been following them and listening to their podcast. And we decided to hook up and do an episode together. Now, we had quite a long conversation. All two hours of it. It was actually quite... It was quite an awesome conversation and there was so much to talk about and I don't think it's going to be the last time that we do an episode together. And, but I decided I would speed you guys just a little bit and I would split it up into two parts. So in this episode, I'm going to bring you part one. In the next episode, I'll bring you part two. So without wasting any more time, here's Frank and Eric. So you say you guys use Google Hangouts? I mean, geez, I can't remember when last I used Google Hangouts. I just use it for work. It's it's okay. All right. Yeah. And I work as a RN or as a nurse, so I really don't do Google Hangouts and all that stuff for work. I just you know, go in there and take – I work on a ICU, so I just take care of patients. I don't really ever have to do meetings and stuff like that. So it's nice. Yeah, I just take care of pa- uh, patients. You know, nothing nothing serious. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does feel like that. That's so, so, okay, so hanging you, out with people, it feels like. So, so you said you're a nurse, and uh, you working in teaching, right? Or in a school or something? Yeah, I'm actually. I do. I work at a, at a high school in the dean of students. Dean of students, right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he was the mischievous one growing up. All right. <laughs> So just yeah, from a medical yeah. point of view, going up and now he's the dean. All right. So with a medical point of view, I mean, what's the um, what's the vibe like with the whole Corona lockdown and that kind of stuff? Are you guys locked down there, by the way? Yes, and uh, we're not really locked down. I wouldn't say. No, we have a stay-at-home order. We have stay-at-home orders, uh, but you know the U.S. is just it's it's different all across every state. Yeah. Okay. Um, some of them actually. Um, this was in Louisiana. I was reading about how uh, they they'll fly over with like a drone and like a microphone, and they have microphones throughout the city that like when it's time to be in. It's like a it's a coronavirus curfew, you know. Uh, Granted, that's in there's Jersey, um, Texas, and Louisiana for sure. There's a couple other states where they have this, um, but yeah, here in Phoenix, it's actually been a pretty chill. Uh, in fact, our hospitals, there's some hospitals that have been getting full, but our hospital is seeing record low patients, like because people aren't going to the emergency room and people aren't getting exposed actually, and uh, so we've had to, we've had to close down whole units at the hospital on that. Okay. Even that was done in ICU. So we're kind of different than uh, what you've been hearing about in the media, I would say. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I mean, what, what, what are the like sort of infection numbers in Phoenix? Are they high or are they, because I see New York is taking a bit of a hammering. So the, uh, yeah, New York's 
New York's getting eviscerated. Yeah, um, yeah, so in comparison, I guess I'd say uh, New York City, I think, was over 100,000 infections. I think it was like 150. And Arizona, the last check I saw was about 2,700. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just over 2,500. Yeah, sure. That's hectic, yeah? Yeah, and yeah, another is- point of view, um, yeah. my, my roommate's fiance, she works for one of the best hospitals in Arizona, and she said that it is like a ghost town. Like they prepared big time, thought all elective surgeries, they prepared huge for numbers, and they're getting none of the numbers. So uh, it's really eerie because you look in the media and it's like, they're, they're talking about opening, they actually in the Arizona, you know, local media, they're saying that they're going to open new hospitals just for coronavirus and the our existing hospitals are like empty. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah, crazy. That's, uh, that's quite a, a strange thing because, I mean, the similar thing is happening here in South Africa because, I mean, we've got a total lockdown. In other words, restaurants are closed, all businesses are closed, the malls are closed, the, um, the only things that are open are pharmacies, supermarkets, um, and what else? There was something else that was open. Schools are closed. Ga- gas stations, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, gas, station, gas stations are still open. Um, so, yeah, but they're they, they enforcing this sort of lockdown. Everyone needs to stay at home. You're only allowed to go from your house to the supermarket kind of thing. Uh, you know, if you're traveling anywhere, they'll stop you. They want to know where you're going, why you're going there. And peop- and like you can't buy alcohol, you can't buy cigarettes. What? Um, Why is yeah. that? What is the logic behind that? Because I, if I'm going to be stuck at the house, I want to be able to enjoy a beer. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, you'll know that as South Africans, there are certain things that we enjoy. One is um, yeah, is bry, okay, bry, bry. Mm-hmm. Bourrevors. Yeah, you know, so explain explain what a braai is because we we want to we want our people to hear it too. It's a barbecue. Yeah, it's a barbecue. Yeah, it's a barbecue. Yeah. But yeah. South Africa braai is part of but our it's better. Sorry, calling it a braai is better. Yeah, we call it a braai here. We don't call it a, a barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so a braai is a South African thing. It's part of our heritage. Burravos, which is um, meat sausage, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is also part of the part of the thing, and uh, obviously you need a beer. So it's braai, burravos, mm-hmm. and beer, and all of that stuff is except yeah. for the burravos is banned. But I went to the supermarket today, ah. and they've actually cordoned off the section where you buy briquettes and charcoal and fire lighters and tongs and all that kind of really? stuff. It's all, it's all cordoned off. So like, what, no yeah, way. what I don't understand about that is, is yesterday when me, we, me and my dad were actually looking at the map of the numbers around the world, South Africa had an alarming low number. Exactly. But you know, that's the point that I wanted to make was that we've had this lockdown. It's been, uh, two weeks or, or, or whatever. They've extended it for another two weeks. So until the end of April, there's no businesses. Yep. Most businesses are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we've curbed the sort of like we flattened the curve a bit. Uh, but the interesting yep. thing is like what you were saying about the hospitals is that 
they've been preparing for this influx of people and it's not mm. happening. It's not happening. Yeah. It's, it, it is definitely interesting, you know, and it, it to me, it makes me, the, the, what kills me actually is, I mean, I get it that, you know, by us being in lockdown, we're, we're helping prevent the spread of this disease, you know, but to me, I feel like the media, at least here, is really just trying to inspire a lot of fear. And I feel like a lot of the people here are acting so irrational because of it, because it, it just the, the verbiage that they use, it just... It almost sounds like propaganda-ish to just make people scared. We literally had a guy here in Arizona. He drank, uh, what was it? It was like a fish tank cleaner because yeah. it had the chloro, what's it called? The chloro? Hydroxychlorine or something like that. Hydroxychlorine in it or whatever. Chlor that Chloroquine. Chloroquine. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. That was, uh, it's thought to be, it was thought to be like a cure for the coronavirus. He ended up dying from it. Yeah. Holy so, yeah. shit. Like people are just, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people are acting so irrational, but then, you know, you look around and you're like, not that many people are sick. Why are people acting so irrational? Yeah. Why are people buying like 70 rolls of toilet paper at a time? Why, why does the coronavirus make you shit your brains out? Why is this happening? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm and uh, so two things that. came up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Think, two yeah. things came up to me. It was uh, one thing is that in 2018, uh, I believe Anthony had told me this in 2018 in the United States, there was 80,000 cold and flu deaths mm -hmm. in our flu season, 80,000, yeah. which is way, 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 way higher than whatever COVID-19 is right now for the U S and on top of that, um, oh gosh, what was the other point? Well, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. What was the media? How come the media wasn't addressing it then? Yeah. That, that's my thing. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not that this is a very real reason. It is dangerous and stuff like that. But to me, it's just it's just odd the behavior that he is inspiring out of people, like encouraging, I guess. Yeah. That part to me is the weird. Yeah, no. Well, I suppose, I, mean, I, suppose, I suppose when you're in a leadership uh, position, this is one of those things you don't want to get wrong. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Ask, Don ask Donald Trump. He'll 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 tell you how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. He always does. He's got an answer for everything. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. So now, like, no, I will. I will give it. Go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. You carry on. I was just gonna say one thing. I will say um, is that there are so many unknowns about the about the COVID-19 so I do understand them being like extra cautious and just as you you know you don't want to get things wrong so I do understand that um it's just I, I wish that there were more voice you know instead of just make it's like they're almost trying to inspire panic I really honestly feel that way and it's evident in just how oh. people are acting. And the second thing I wanted to bring up, so it was the 2018 numbers, um, and the second was that we're at a five-year low in the U.S. for cold and flu season. We're actually at an all-time low, um, yes. and then this happens. Yes. Mm -hmm. But even with the coronavirus numbers, still at a low. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, from a, from a school point of view, is the, school, the schools are closed or are they still operating? Yeah, so like no one can go to school. Uh, however, we we're offering everything online. So we're actually doing, like I said, we do Google Hangout. Um, we're using Google Hangouts 
teachers are using it, next with kids, everything is online. Kids are expected to log in, do all sorts of stuff. Sure. Is that happening? Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I work at an alternative high school, meaning um, we're, we do credit recovery. Kids who don't make it in a regular high school, they come to my high school, that kind of oh, a right. thing. Okay. Um, so a lot of our kids, they're just, you know, they don't even have access to Wi-Fi. So we give them a Chromebook or, or a laptop and get on Wi-Fi. So the schools are closed though. And actually in LA County and basically anything that happens in California winds up coming to Arizona like two weeks later. Yeah. LA County extend closures to May 15th. Oh, wow. It's going to be close for the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. So we're thinking our country's riding this out until June. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I think we also we also talking June July here as well, from a school point of view mm-hmm. because uh, I've got uh, two teenage daughters. Uh, the one is in a school oh, that oh, nice. <laughs> the one the one is in a school that like you said is uh, she's um, in she's not in a mainstream school she's in a she's in a class of thirteen, and uh, okay. they've got they've got um, Chromebooks as well so they. Doing the Google Classroom and getting all their work via via that, and my my eldest is in a in a in South Africa what we would call a private school, and they basically mm-hmm. doing the uh, the very similar thing as well with Google Classroom. They don't they don't use Chromebooks, but uh, def, you know they're using the PC to log into Chrome and uh, into Google, and uh, yeah, so yeah, so but but they have been working. Um, uh, Quite hard, I must admit. Um, but yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's difficult for them because my eldest is in, in, in matric. So she's in grade 12, last year of school. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that happens. So she's got to deal with oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's what our, 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 um, a lot of our graduates are dealing with, um, but they got to finish their class. And it has to all be online. And so that's kind of just the cards they're dealt. And I was like, look, you're not going to get a, there's no get out of jail free card. You know, you can come back next year or you can just get it done online right now, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, you know, there seems to be a bit of a stigma yeah. in, in, in South Africa amongst the teenagers to repeat a year. I don't know. Is that the same kind of thing in the U.S.? We have quite a few. Most of the kids that come to our school are actually repeating their senior year. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I did. Yeah, it's interesting. Some some of the grades. Oh, I was gonna say some of the grades are repeating like a year, and then uh, it's interesting. You know, me being in the medical field, we're seeing. Uh, uh, you know, they haven't been doing. They haven't been a month yet. It's been about a month, and uh, they're actually graduating uh, doctors uh, or med students early. So they can help uh, with the coronavirus. Oh, really? So it's like you're we're kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like not even finishing. I mean, I think they just they take like a few exams, but they're graduating early so they can help assist with this. So it, we're seeing really both sides of the token where people are just graduating early, and then we're also seeing where it's like, I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to repeat a year. Yeah. So uh, sure. it's kind of like uh, to put it plainly, it's kind of a cluster. Honestly, oh, it's, yeah. it's crazy because I mean. We were just as a nation, actually, let's just say as a as a world, the whole world economy. We were yeah. not prepared for this. Absolutely, yeah, but it's it's Absolutely. crazy. Yeah, I think I think um, 
for me here in South Africa, the fact that they've extended the the lockdown, um, I was a bit of a was a bit of a blow. Look, I mean, I'm fortunate. I work in IT, so I continue working. I can work remotely. I can be anywhere as long as I've got broadband. I'm I'm okay. Uh, but I've got lots of mm -hmm. friends that are in the music industry that are tattoo artists, hairdressers, got their own businesses, catering, that kind of thing. I mean, they're all fucked at the moment. I mean, for them to hear that there's another two-week uh, um, oh, lockdown, yeah. I mean, it's, it changes the dynamics completely for them. And, uh, you know, I feel, I feel yeah. bad for them, you know. Yeah. My uh, girlfriend, she she has two jobs. Her primary job is fine. She works from home, and you know, thank God for that. She, you know, she can do everything remotely and online. Um, but her second job that she was doing on the weekends, where she made some good money, you know, to to pursue other stuff she's doing, was a bartender, and oh, she right. made really good extra cash as a bartender. Mm -hmm. And she's out of that job completely, and. Luckily for her, she was already thinking about wrapping up um, that job anyways. But, you know, she's out a lot of money now, you know, and yeah. it's like, it just sucks. And then she knows people who that was their primary job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, we're getting, uh, yeah, the U.S. Congress, we passed the stimulus package. So a lot of Americans supposedly next week and the next two weeks are going to get, you know, depending on how much you made on your taxes. Uh, $1,200 check to help. Yeah. Yeah. Is anything going on like that? And they're in South Africa or no? Like a stim package to help out, to help assist? Yeah. They, they, they are talking about that. Like small businesses, they, uh, small to medium sized businesses that, um, but not for the informal, not for the informal worker, you know, the bartender and that kind of stuff. I, I don't mm -hmm. think so. Hey? So like, for instance, like the malls and strip malls and that kind of stuff where those guys won't be expected to pay rent um, for their mm -hmm. shops that uh, are not gen uh, generating money. But, you know, those, those like more the informal kind of people, you know, like the tattoo artist, the bartender, the waitress at the, or, or the waiter at the, at the restaurant and all that. Uh, I don't think they're going to get much relief, eh? Not from our government. Yeah. I will say, you know, if you just want to look at the bright side of things, you know, for me, I was able to record and maybe do like one, one episode, one podcast a week. And ever since I'm at home, obviously, you know, I'm just going in trying to do as much as we can, sure. create as much content as possible, line up as much stuff, be able to do this kind of stuff like with you even. Um, so from that perspective, from a creative content perspective, we've been able to just come back out you know content tons of it i feel busier than ever actually because of that yeah because we just decided you know with this coronavirus going on we're just gonna you know we can we can decide to be you know sad about it or whatever it's like okay this is happening no matter what but, but we just kind of made decisions like you know what we, let's stack hay while we can let's get to work at least on you know our side hustle you know and, yeah and it's been it's been really cool and exciting to stay busy in a time where you know, it's really easy to be stagnant. Um, sure. I did want to ask though about when we were talking about the stimulus packages and stuff. Um, what do you feel like this is going to happen to South Africa's economy, and then maybe even further? What do you think? How how everyone being out of work for so long? How this affect the world economy? So, like for me, um, in South Africa, 
Um, I, I was really disappointed that they just extended the, the lockdown without having some sort of modified lockdown that allowed the wheels of the mm. economy to start turning, even if it was slowly. Um, look, obviously I'm not an expert in this, and I'm looking at it from the outside, and I take it from the point of view that I'm okay because I've got a job and I'm working and you know it's business as usual. But like I said, I've got mm -hmm. lots of mates that are in a different situation, and I was mm -hmm. hoping that when the curfew, because I mean, our lockdown is officially until next Thursday, but now it's been extended beyond that. And I was hoping that they would come up with a modified lockdown and say people that are vulnerable, the elderly, people with uh, pre-existing conditions and all that kind of stuff, uh, the lockdown applies still to you. But the younger generation that are more healthy and all that, you're more than welcome to go back out into the uh, economy and start, you know, um, working and generating income and, you know, that the, the economy could tick over because our economy cannot afford, in my opinion, cannot afford to uh, be stagnant. Um, mm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, we are in a, in a country where the Rand dollar exchange rate um, affects us dramatically and the the the, the exchange rate Big has time. gone for mm -hmm. a ball of shit um it's it never is. it's uh, never been strong but now it's even worse than it was and that's on the back of the covid 19 our country's just been downgraded by moody's so it's going to have a long-term effect in my opinion on on the country um yeah I was I was hoping yeah, we were going to um, the creative a creative solution to to the to the situation and not just take the course. Uber so, uh, the Uber safe option of just extending the the, the lockdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. When you talk about the the rand to dollar exchange rate too, I was when I was in South Africa. I was in there. I was in Cape Town in 2015 for about. Two and a half months. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Two, baby. That's what I want to see. Yeah, we're I gotta break out some whiskey. Thin. We're yeah, gonna get, we're gonna do a shot of whiskey. I can't see Finn right now. Bearded Finn, he is pouring a healthy glass of whiskey right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you were um, saying about yeah. uh, South Africa. South Africa. I was there. 2015 Cape Town for a couple months. Um, and the exchange rate, I I forget what it was then. Um. But what a lot of people mean, and this is just from talking to just random South Africans, people from all sorts of different perspectives and walks of life. And this weird little thing came up. I don't know if, you've, if, if you agree with this or not. It's really not my point of view either. It's just from what, what I heard is that, you know, people were like, so when we had apartheid, it was horrible, right? Apartheid was bad. However, there, our brand was really strong. It was almost at one point, I think, one with a dollar almost the u.s dollar yeah. it was yeah. really strong but apartheid was terrible we're post-apartheid the country's open there's no segregation however our economy is horrible our exchange rate is terrible you know uh um they all south africans told me that a big issue is the immigration from all over africa coming down to south africa to get jobs because one of the only stable countries in the whole continent really That's crazy demo. and i just was like man what a what a thought like apartheid 
terrible, economy strong, apartheid good, but the economy's not as strong, or at least the money, you know, the financial part of it isn't as strong. And I just thought it was the craziest, like the weirdest kind of uh, complex and yeah. dynamic, you know, and I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I grew up in apartheid. Um, I mean, I'm much, much older than you guys. I don't know if you know how old I am, but uh, I, I was still in school when, when the apartheid was still the thing, you know. It's, uh, apartheid only mm-hmm. ended after I'd left school. And, um, wow. you, know, you know, growing up, I didn't even know about apartheid. You know, you just accepted that those people live there and we live here. And yeah. I, mean, I went to, I was fortunate to go to a private school. So the guys that were in my, I mean, in terms of diversity, in terms of, uh, of race and uh, backgrounds, racial backgrounds and all that, I was going to school with these mm-hmm. people. I was going to school with, with, um, with black guys, with coloreds, with Chinese, you know, whatever it was. I was going to, I, I didn't know any, I was living in a bubble. Okay, it was only when I got into high school that I actually realized what was going on. And obviously, uh, my opinion is that it was it was the wrong thing. But um, I think I think the I think the 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 difference is is that when apartheid ended, what happened after that? So for from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety nine, we were in this like sort of like the honeymoon phase of apartheid mm-hmm. ending mandela was the president you I mean, won we were, we were rugby all, world cup right sorry and that's when you won the rugby world cup yeah 1995 i mean we were fucking um, i'm getting goosebumps yeah. now you're talking about 1995 <laughs> world cup <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, i love it uh, I, I mean we were we were in this i mean we were in the bliss moment to be honest, uh, it was yeah. it was like I mean, w- like we're the nation, we're in the nation. We've come out of apartheid. There was no civil war. Everyone's happy. Hey, Dave, we call USA. Yeah, it was it was it was fucking amazing to be honest. And um, yeah, but eventually in 1999, you know, leadership changed. Yeah, you know, I think the decisions politically were not the greatest. I mean, we had a president uh, that was ousted, like, last year. Um, he was so corrupt, it was not funny. And, you know, all of a sudden, things were starting to slip, you know. Like, um, you know, there was corruption. And, you know, and I think the confidence in the country has dissipated to the extent that the exchange rates have started to slip. And, and I mean, I'm generalizing here, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this anecdotal evidence but even the previously disadvantaged people are complaining that the new South Africa is not as good as it was in apartheid. Now, I'm not saying apartheid yeah. has come back. I'm just saying that the way that they've dealt with the, the political situation after apartheid has not been in the best interest of the country because the people that were poor before apartheid are still poor today. That's not... It's not yeah. everybody. It's a generalization. And all these situations are complex. And I think every country has its issues. It's more about how oh. you deal with those issues 
that Believe makes the difference. Believe me. Yeah. So how did you land up in Cape yes. Town? Um, I, that was a great answer. How did I get up in Cape Town? Um, so I really wanted to kind of travel. I, wanted, I, I had that classic early 20s. I want to travel somewhere. But I don't want to just go on a vacation. I wanted to do some good work. I wanted to, to, I wanted to have experiences, but I also wanted to give back. Um, so I was just looking, like, where could I go to, you know, maybe volunteer, but also sightsee. And it came down to um, Thailand and, like, Thailand, Kenya, and South Africa. And then Thailand seemed to, and actually is some place I just want to go. Like, honestly, I just want to go chill for, like, a week on at a five-star resort and just hang out, you know. That's really what it was. And then I was, I'm not going to lie, I was looking at Kenya, and even though there were some really good opportunities there, I was like, I still want to, I'll be honest, I still do want to be able to have some running water, take a shower and stuff. And so there's actually, a, um, I don't know if you've heard of Musenberg. Yeah, I know Musenberg very well. Yeah, so there's some schools down in Musenberg that are like, you know, very poor schools, uh, very poor community. community. Um, there's a... Um, what do they call it? Uh, there's a town nearby called Capricorn, and it was really run down. I know exactly. Um, a lot of poverty, a lot of crime. Yes, Capricorn. It's a. So I was just at a neighborhood about five minutes west of there. But the cool thing is, I was like, you know, I'm working like 40 hours a week in these schools. I'm hanging out with these kids. I'm doing some really cool stuff. But then I got to go, you know, got to experience a lot of stuff. Go into Cape Town, which Cape Town is one of the most beautiful dynamic amazing cities i've ever been to in my life honestly cape town is awesome loved it Glad to hear. and uh yeah and then i got to go you know i did all the classic stuff too i did uh you know safari where you just go you go to uh some animal range and you see like giraffes and lions and cheetahs and stuff i did all that kind of stuff too because why not you know that's amazing i wish i mean honestly that's one of my dreams to be able to something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but the coolest thing about South that is though so to go on this one safari, I, I signed up with this company and they drove us. I don't even know where we went. I forget where we went, but it was two hours North of Cape town, maybe even three hours. And South Africa is like these, I'm in like this beach kind of like mountainous area. And then I'm in these like rolling hills. I was in the Wizard of Oz because there's like these gorgeous flowers and these huge fields. And then we went further. Then there was lens and we went further. Then I was in a safari. And I was like, God, this, this is like the best kept secret. Because no one here, you know, from where I'm from, everyone's just talking about, you know, I want to go to Europe. I want to go here. I want to go to the Bahamas. Paris. Paris. Like, and no one's talking about South Africa. It's like the best kept secret. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And actually that... Yeah, and, I, and it was actually, it was 2015, so it was during the World Cup, and South Africa had a really good team in 2015. I think they almost won. They lost, yeah, up, was, you know, uh, they lost New Zealand, or New Zealand had won the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, are but you they guys, won last year, right? Oh, you got, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Eh? So, yeah, yeah we the they world won. champions again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, world champions, guys, man. Do you guys watch rugby? What was that? Do you guys watch rugby? I did it until I went, and then I actually I watched the whole World Cup, and like I actually really like this sport. I actually have a South African, a, a beautiful white 
Springbok jersey. Awesome. I should have wore it today. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. really well hard done, to dude. watch rugby in the U.S. I feel. And it, it is hard to find. It's just not something really available on our, our TV station. Mm. But it is the most interesting sport. And it's growing in popularity here. Like I have many friends that in college that they played rugby. And it, it's just awesome because, like, yeah, so many friends that played it. And they're just, like, the toughest, burliest dudes. Oh, like, big, strong. Not scared of pain at all. Like, no. I feel like they like it actually. Yeah, I feel like they like the pain. Like, like they're, they're kind of sick in the head. Every rugby player I've ever met, and it's funny. I get along with them great, but like, oh, they're they're twisted. And yeah, and yeah, I just need to make another comment. When I was in Africa, the funniest thing to me. So growing up in America in Arizona, you're either you know you're black or you're white or you're something else. But they're mean, I thought. And so I went to South Africa and I was talking to this guy who's like, he was kind of like a lighter brown, darker. But to me, I would have been like, oh, yeah, some black guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about, he's like, oh, there's all these black guys, all these black guys, this black guy, that. And I was like, dude, aren't you black? Yeah, he's like, he's not black. He was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's interesting. But I'm not black. I got it. He said he was a color. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So there's a difference. Yeah. So, I mean, you would. Funny. Uh, I suppose in other countries you call it mixed race, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like in 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 South Africa, to call someone coloured, well, that's actually a race classification, an official race classification in South Africa. I mean, if you were to call someone coloured in the UK, or I would imagine in 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 America as well, you'd probably get into trouble. Probably. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a nut. Well. Especially nowadays, because people are so sensitive. It's insane. I can't even, I don't even want to get into but it. I don't say this, man. Mixed babies and mixed people, honestly, they're just like the most beautiful people <laughs> to walk the planet. I feel like they're gorgeous. Oh, like, well, look, men no, and they, women. They, they, they reckon in a couple of hundred years, everyone will be brown. Everyone will be mixed race. That's yes, yes, reckon. I've read that. Yeah. That's it makes yeah, sense. They, they were saying that like a hundred, no, there won't be blue eyes. There won't wow. be anyone with except blue eyes for genetic like, anomalies. Like 100 and 200. Yeah, except for like, yeah, genetic anomalies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend. Eyes, so it's kind of crazy to think about them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a white guy. Uh, my girlfriend is Filipino and Hawaiian. So oh, wow. it's just, we're all going to mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to make lots of brown babies, though. Lots of brown ones, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, maybe maybe they'll all be uh, immune to coronavirus by then too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, twenty twenty sorted that problem out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, here's here's something uh, you don't know. I was actually born in Cape Town, and uh, oh, most, nice. most of my family live in Cape Town. So I live in I live in Johannesburg, which is what a thousand four hundred kilometers away inland. And uh, Joburg, Joburg, we call it Joburg, Johannesburg, Joburg. Uh, Joburg is pretty cool, you know. It's there's quite a there's quite a vibe here. A lot of uh, there's quite a um, good social scene. Lots of restaurants, lots of live music, uh, lots of motorcycle riding, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I definitely long mm -hmm. for Cape Town. So every every once in a while, I go down to Cape Town for an extended holiday. My parents live in Fishhook, mm -hmm. which is just up the road from uh, Musenberg. 
So, oh yeah, I've been to Fishhook. I, yeah. That was one of our stops. Yeah, we would take a train and we'd get off on Fishhook. There was a there was this restaurant there. It was uh, uh what's that cool restaurant? It's like that Cuban guy. Who's the Cuban? Oh. The famous uh, what? Um, well, there's a thing called Cape to Cuba, which is in Cork. Cape Bay. to Cuba. That's in Cork Bay. Oh, Cock Bay, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what it was, dude. That was the coolest little restaurant bar. I love yeah, that place. Exactly. There's another place called the Brass Bell. I don't know if you went there. Which is also, it's on the railway yeah. line. <laughs> on the railway line. It is. It's literally on the beach. And actually, when I was there, um, one weekend, the tide came in so insane, yeah. it came into the bar. Yeah, and they right. had to close down half of it, but they still kept it open for karaoke night. <laughs> oh, karaoke night at Brass Bell was lit. It was oh. insane, dude. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you, Brandon, us, me and the boys, you know, me and Eric, we've been best friends for just over eighteen years. Yep, and uh, we love us some karaoke. Mm-hmm. All about getting <laughs> bruised with the boys and, and singing, singing our hearts out. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Man. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, so how long were you in South Africa for? I was there for 10 weeks. Okay. And are uh, you going to come back? Yes. I want to. Uh, I really, really want well, to. Listen, um, if, you, if you guys ever, ever make a plan to come to South Africa and you're going to go down to Cape Town, let me know. I can hook you up. Places to stay, all that kind of shit. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. I was going to throw that offer out there to you as well. You know, we, uh, my, uh, I have family that owns property about an hour away from the Grand Canyon. Ooh. So if you and your family ever want to come to the Grand Canyon, see the Grand Canyon, see this, there's so many beautiful sites yeah. to me that are even, maybe even more pretty or more gorgeous than the Grand Canyon that are right around that area. And you would literally have a free stay. Awesome, man. Awesome. And, Thanks. uh, yeah. That's- well, because, I mean, I yeah, don't know absolutely. if you guys know, but I I ride motorcycles. So if I travel anywhere, I'm going there to ride motorcycles. So Yes, dude. Well, and, dude, Arizona highways are made, especially up north, made for, for motorcycles. Awesome. It's one of the biggest. It, Route 66 is a, is, a, is a huge highway system yeah. that is famous for. You've heard of it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And, uh. Yeah, all my family members, we have a lot of family members that ride, literally saving for a motorcycle right now. So yeah. you come out here, me and you are riding together, right, awesome. buddy? Awesome. Yeah. So I've got, got a buddy who lives actually lives in Cape Town. Uh, he's, he's got two Harleys. So when I go down to Cape Town, we often do a ride around Chapman's Peak, Hot Bay, wherever on, on the Harleys. And um, <laughs> what are you guys doing now? So we were gonna. I was gonna get, have Anthony go grab some of our. Uh, so there's this whiskey. It's a peanut butter whiskey. It's called. Uh, I'll show you right now. I, it's called some knuckle or something I've like that. But it's really good. I wanted Anthony to try it. Cool. And you, all you always send me in the mood, man. <laughs> um, we had a question. So on my last live stream. We did a live stream about what's the perfect kind of buzz. Actually, not the last one, two two ago. But um, for you, just a quick question: what's what's the perfect you like? What is the number of beers or a number of drinks or what's your go-to for like a really good steady buzz? Oh, that's difficult. Sir. That's difficult. It, uh, it made me think. 
I'm a I'm a seasoned. Should drinker. I share first, and you want to think? I'm 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 a seasoned drinker, man. I I I'm the kind of guy that can uh, knock back twelve beers and still be in the buzz. And still be in the buzz. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. <laughs> it depends for me. I don't know. Like it. Um, if it's. If it's like a Friday night and it's after I've been out up all day working, doing stuff, honestly, I could have three beers and I get really buzzed and I could shut down. But what's the what what's the? What if it's a Saturday? What's the what's the alcohol content of your beers? Hmm. Okay. So I should. So the one I'm drinking right now is actually five uh, percent. Okay. Yeah. So. Um. But usually. If I drink a Miller Lite, which is like our light beer, it's like your Calite, that's yeah. like 4%, three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the beer that I normally drink, which is called, I showed you the last time, which, well, I mentioned the last time, is Vintage Draft. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a Namibian beer. It's made in Namibia, but sold in oh, South boy. Africa. It's 4%, 4% alcohol. Nice. So... That's the kind of beer that that's the beer that I normally drink, and I probably could do twelve of those and still be in the buzz. That's great. That's <laughs> just like our buddy Jeff. We were asking him that, and we're like, "Hey, man, so what's the perfect buzz?" He tell he's a Marine. He's a U.S. Marine too. Oh, yeah. And so he tells us he's like, oh, "You know, I can't get too blacked out. I got little kids, but you know, I'll have." A six pack or two before five, and then it's cocktails. Good cocktails, after <laughs> that. cocktails all night. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to get too blacked out. Yeah. I want to get the bottle real quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Go grab the bottle. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. My my. But yeah, this will be interesting. So, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You carry on. It's going to be interesting. You're going to have a peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter whiskey. So I typically, you know, I stick with you know just regular old whiskey. I've never had. I'm interested to see how flavored this is because I don't know if it's going to be sugary or not, you know, so I'm not, oh, it's not, you said it's not sugary or anything like that, but I oh, will man. say, is that, a, is that a, is that a sheep on there? It's a, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. <laughs> to the misfits, black sheep and screwballs. That's what it says. That's the caption. So with yeah. a yeah, peanut butter whiskey. And I will peanut say, whiskey. Yeah, you can smell a little bit of peanut butter. It actually contains, smells really heavy on like the butter side. Actually, it, it smells like butter. Uh, real peanuts. I said, okay, so it's really got peanuts. So I hope you don't have a peanut allergy. I just love allergy. that we're sharing whiskeys. Yeah, <laughs> I love that we're sharing whiskeys with uh, with one of our new friends from uh, across cheers. the world. Cheers, dude. Love it. Yeah. Oh, cheers, brother. Well, you cheers. know, this is you know, this is what I love about. I mean, you guys have got a podcast. I got a podcast. You know, this is what I love about having a podcast is that it breaks down the barriers to communicating wow. with people across the world. I mean, I've had podcasts with people in New York, Canada, Australia. I mean, it's just it's just amazing that people can just connect just like that. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's absolutely my favorite part. And then just to hear other people's stories. In fact, I was kind of curious to even like – what made you decide to get a podcast? So, you know, what happened, you know, in Vince before where you're like, you know what, I want to get a podcast, you know, what made you decide? Because it, there's just, like you said, you know, we live across the world, but it's just so cool and amazing that we're really just not that different. Like we're sitting here, we're all sharing whiskeys together. Absolutely. And it's like, if you lived here in Arizona or if I lived there in South Africa, 
we'd be we'd be you know friends we'd be buddies yeah we'd be neighbors like it's yeah. i love it it's just just a real feeling yeah so i mean to answer your question about why did i start the podcast and then you guys gonna have to answer the same question but um so you know, when I was in school, I mean, it's a bit of a long story, but when I was in school, I used to read a lot of books. So Stephen King, James Herbert, that kind of stuff. And then after school, I went off and I studied and, you know, you concentrated on partying and studying, you know. And, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and when, when, when I, um, after that, when, when the dust settled, I tried to get back into reading books and, like, uh, I, I really battled to read a book. I mean, I would lie in bed and I'd read five minutes and I'd fall asleep. And it would take me 18 mm -hmm. months to read a Stephen King book. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, nah, fuck this. You know, this is like too, too much work, you know. And Stephen King brought out a book which was only... Uh, so what I started doing is I tried to read ebooks on my ipad on my kindle uh -huh. and that wasn't really working but um stephen king brought out a book and he only released it as a physical book and an audio book not as an ebook so i went and i downloaded okay. the, the audio book uh -huh. and i was like f i finished that book in a day and i was like fuck yeah this is, uh -huh. fuck this is amazing so uh -huh. then I was like into audiobooks. So I signed up with Audible in 2013 and I'm reading maybe one or two books, I say reading, listening to yeah, one or yeah. two books a month. And then um, mm -hmm. I know you guys have spoken about religion a bit. So yeah, I don't know. I don't did. know where you guys fall on religion, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a reborn atheist, not too... Um, oh no! Nice. Okay. We're we're an open book, you know. Okay. Well, yeah. I grew up. I grew up as I'm Catholic. Talking to a girl I grew up quote as unquote, Catholic. spiritual. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up as Catholic. So yeah. Anyway, but the thing is, I went down a bit of a bit of a, 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 a rabbit hole with religion and trying to under, understand where I fell with religion, and I came across a guy. <laughs> Well, the name is Sam Harris. I don't know if you know Sam Harris. And um, yeah. uh -huh. so he's, he's, he's got a podcast. So I started listening to his podcast. And then I started listening to someone else's podcast. And just the sort of audio format just works for me. So in the gym, in the car, on the way to work, 15 minutes before I go to bed at night, while I'm cooking supper, whatever. I'm listening to audiobooks and that kind of shit. And then, um, and, and podcasts. And then I was like, fuck, I really enjoy this podcast thing. It's like so fucking, it's like almost like um, liberating in a way. Absolutely. You can, you can oh, talk about anything you want. Time. You can talk about anything you want. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I decided, no, fuck this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a podcast. And I thought, well, I can't, but oh, what yeah. am I going to talk about? Like, fuck. So, like, for two or three months, I was like, well, yeah. okay, what do I talk about? But the thing is, I've got quite a uh, – um, I'm divorced. Two teenage mm -hmm. daughters. Um, they spend – Me too, buddy. They, they, they like uh, – they spend um, – I probably see my kids and 
you know, except for the lockdown, I, I I tend to see my kids like every second day or whatever. But I do I do um, I do enjoy my hobbies, and one of my hobbies is riding motorcycles. And uh, so I thought, you know, whenever I go out and I'm listening, I'm riding bikes and I'm um, listening to local music because I really enjoy local music, blues, blues rock, mm-hmm. heavy metal, that kind of shit. And I like to support. You know, a lot of my buddies are in bands, so I like to go out and support them. But I often have interesting conversations with people. You go out, you're socializing, you're having a couple of beers, you're standing at the bar, you meet someone new, you have this awesome conversation, and you're like getting to know them, where they come from, what they're doing. The One guy's got a, a motorcycle tour company, another guy's got a motorcycle accessory shop, another guy's a tattoo artist. And, you know, another guy is a musician. You're having all these interesting conversations. And I was like, okay, that's exactly what I need to do. So I need to have a podcast uh-huh. yep. where I'm inviting these guys that I'm hanging with to come and tell their stories. So instead of us having mm-hmm. the conversation mm-hmm. in the bar, mm-hmm. we're having the conversation at my spot. And it's, it's not an interview. It's two guys that have the same passion, just shooting the breeze, you know. Uh, Very yep, much like your yep. podcast. I've, you know, I've watched a couple of your live streams. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. Very, very, very relaxed. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. So, so, but I mean, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I mean, you guys have been involved with other podcasts other than your podcast that you've got now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, I actually started one. My sister. Um, just over a year ago. Um, so we started that and it was kind of the same. Honestly, I had grown up, always loved talk radio. I don't know why sport talk. I could listen to sport talk radio all day. I just loved it. And, uh, to listen and read a lot of books and stuff too. And I got big into audio books too. And that, that was, we kind of have a share a similar passion for that. And I just thought, I'm like, God, I've had so many fun hilarious conversations with my friends and I also weirdly know I'm attached to so many people with cool stories with good stories whether it's their life they know something and then um but I never could really put it all together I didn't really know what I wanted to do or how to really go about that until I actually the very first podcast I ever listened to is actually the Joe Rogan podcast oh yeah and of course it's you know it's the number one podcast in the world but I started listening to it and the one that actually I listened to the very first one ever, as weird as it is, it was literally the episode where it's him, Brian Callen, and um, Brendan Schaub, and they're talking about like child molesters when they were growing up and stuff. And they're like, it was these funny, crazy jokes. They're all comedians. And I remember thinking, I'm like, these guys are with me and my yeah, buddies. No, they were joking out. about them themselves being molested, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really what it, the it was pretty, about. It was pretty intense, but yeah, yeah. But they were making light of it, even though they experienced something. Yeah, it like, experienced that. And the, just the idea to me was, I was like, dang, these guys are just kicking it. And I listened to more and more and more, and I just thought, you know, everyone thinks like, I could do one. And so one day, I was talking with my little sister, and she was like, "Hey, I'm gonna buy a microphone." I was like, "Cool, I'm give you money, buy two, we'll start." Same thing. I had no idea how to start. And we just started talking. I started bringing my friends in. Uh, that one actually, we wound up stop uh, stop doing. 
and then sat down with my our other host Frank one day and was like, let's let's do it, man. We we done a few together. It sounded really good, and uh, we kind of just sat around and I was like, what do we call it? And we're doing all these different things, and one was like, well, we're just a couple dudes talking, and then I was like, dude, just a couple dudes. Oh, and I was like, we can call it Jacked. And they were just like, let's do it. And then so we just started recording. And uh, Anthony, he, he was living in Arkansas when I started this podcast. About 1,200 miles away. 1,200 miles away. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. The yeah. reference. Anyways. Um, and so I knew, I always knew growing up, Anthony's one of my best friends. He's hilarious. We have great conversations. Brought him into the whole podcast. And it's like you said, it's just these people, like how many bar conversations have I had? that I would have shaved and shared with people. Yeah. Um, and then not only that, but interesting people I know. Like I knew this guy who he started a foundation because his daughter, uh, he had two daughters and then his third daughter, she um, found out when his wife was pregnant with her that she had uh, like eight different heart congenital effects. Mm-hmm. And so it was going to be like the likelihood of this baby living was very low. She actually still um, gave like a year old I think and in that year it was nothing but crazy hospital visits and all sorts of stuff but they started a foundation um for the for that and then they like they're actually raising to give back to nur- to send kids who want to go to nursing school so you know because they want to support nurses and I was like God, I just know these kinds of people like how can I how can I take that experience and share it with people absolutely and absolutely I'll, I'll kind of a similar to both of y'all. So I feel like my, well, the first podcast that I got into was stuff you should know. I don't know if you've ever listened to it or not. Expert uh, views or just a little like known facts, little, you know, it's kind of like fun facts, really. That's Mm -hmm. what we'd call it. And one of the best, and I've had, I've had multiple people tell me that they're like, you know what, Anthony, there's one thing about you you just it seems like I just like everyone unless you give me a reason that I don't you know like you you know or you do something to you know where I lose respect for you I really just I just see so much value in everybody you know and and what I realized growing as I'm you know becoming older and older in age is that like really everyone is an expert in their own field because everyone has walked a different path you know and so these stories of got to where they're at or where they were and where they are now, you know, their, their stories can really fit somebody else that is going mm-hmm. through a similar path, you know? And so we are able to, you know, with this podcast, they've had two different things where it's like, we can expose these qualities out of somebody. And then they can also talk about the little things that they know about, you know, that they're, because the thing is we're all kind of experts or interested in some things. A lot of people just don't, accept that they are or they don't realize that they are you know and i love bringing that out of people and talking mm-hmm. about it and, yeah. and and so like to me this has just been so fun where i get to just talk to people across the world you know people that are these experts and and uh i get to learn myself and so it, to me it's just been and, such a fun thing and another big thing um we just had this guy on, he wrote the book. Uh, I think I still have it over here. Tea Time with the Reaper. Um, yeah, it's I all about that. death and dying and stuff. And I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And so one, one thing about that is, I mean, think for, even for you, man, uh, you said you have two daughters. I think I'm like, if I died, if I died, I have all this recorded stuff, audio, video that my family can have of me. Yeah. 
And it's like, you know, if you, and like, I mean, God forbid, if you passed away, your daughters would have how much countless hours of you that they can, yeah. they can watch, they can listen. You left it behind for them. I think, I just think that that's so awesome. You know yeah. what? You just hit the nail. I was gonna say, one more thing about you, Biff, man. One more thing I want to say about you too, is I've heard a lot of your episodes where you're talking about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and, and it's like, in a way, you're a historian because this is such a huge thing. There's going to be so many books, so many stories about this, you know, mm -hmm. you know, our grandkids are going to ask us, you know, what did you do during the, the 2020 pandemic? You know, what did you grandpa, what did you do grandma? <laughs> and, you know, and here you are documenting it. You know, it's like, we're all little historians in yeah. a way. And it's just so exciting, man. But anyways, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, go no, ahead. no. You, I'm, 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 I'm so glad you were listening to those those um, episodes. But, you know, what I wanted to say is that shortly after I started the podcast, I actually realized that I was leaving a legacy behind for my kids. Mm -hmm. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, when I, was a, when I was growing up and I had grandparents and great-grandparents, um, you know, you were looking at photos and, oh, you know, grandpa this was doing that and grandpa was doing that and whatever. And I actually, after a couple of months, I actually realized, like you say, that I was leaving a legacy behind for my grandchildren or great-grandchildren to um, look back mm -hmm. on, you know, what was, you know, what was my grandfather like or my great-grandfather like. Yeah. No, I mean, think about this, man. Point, How incredible would it be to think like, down the future, when, when we're gone, when we're totally gone, your grandkids, great grandkids, whatever device it is, the iPhone 72, whatever it is, <laughs> they could literally have a little file, a little file with your bearded fin thing logo. Your beautiful bearded fin. Yeah. <laughs> that they click on and be like, what was my great grandfather like? They can click on it and they have access to 100,000 hours of, of you telling wisdom, sharing stories, drinking whiskey. Absolutely. How beautiful is that? No, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I, think, I think I love that. I didn't think of that before I started the podcast, but I did realize that yeah. a couple of months into it. And I suppose in a way that motivates me to continue doing it. Um, I've also got a, I've actually got quite a personal story to tell, which I haven't really told. I wanted to write a book, um, but I've actually changed my <laughs> <laughs> us too man us too we were just talking about this yeah, yeah. go ahead man go yeah so um and i think i'm actually going to do a video series about it um rather than a book but um anyway oh dude i'll, I'll tune in big time and we're gonna tell you what man if, if you don't do it i'm gonna give you shit for it and i'm gonna message you until you do it because yeah. absolutely because i'm i'm all about people just going to just pursuing it you know and just getting yeah. after it Right, so I thought I would uh, stop the conversation there. That's around about an hour. As I said, the next episode will be part two of the conversation. So I hope you're going to tune in for that. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.